Welcome to the Foul Vine Podcast with Sarah and Scotty Mel, where everything wine and baseball is in fair territory. Today, we are drinking a Spanish Albarino, interviewing Danny O'Coin of the Philadelphia Phillies, and recapping week three of the 2023 season. Grab a glass and join us. Look, big paper, I increase my wealth, uh, red wine, that's good for my health, uh, wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, uh, allow me to introduce myself, I said. Okay, Scotty. Woo! Are we back? We're back. Are we on? We're on. (laughs) (laughs) All right, um, Sarah, today, first of all, it's good to be back. How was your week? My week? Sorry, I was going to cut to the wine, but let's... How are you doing? You know, mental health is important, Scotty. Yeah. Um, I'm doing well. I had my tooth extracted earlier this week. Why is that? Because it was, it was a rotten tooth. It was no longer good. It wasn't actually rotten. It was just bothersome and unnecessary. In the way. In the way, exactly. Um, so that's been interesting. I've been watching a lot of baseball in the past week. Have you been? T- yeah. Duh. <laughs> Duh. Um, <laughs> How was your week? It was good. It was good. I've, I've just got over a sickness, as you know, mm. um, feeling better. Um, and I'm excited to talk baseball because I've been watching an absurd amount of it. Yeah, me too. Along with Succession. Have you watched Succession yet? Actually, we just started that back up. Very good. We hadn't. We like paused at like three episodes in. Addicting. And now now we're back on it. Oh, yeah. What also, Ted Lasso. About? Haven't got on that train yet. Oh. One thing at a time, Sarah. All aboard. <laughs> Um, but I'm excited today because I think I'm going to shock you real quick. <laughs> okay. I brought on my first white wine of the podcast. <gasps> We've done like 25 episodes now, I think. Yeah. This is my first one that I contributed. Of course, it's not, it's, you know, it's imported. It's not domestic. Yeah. Um, Obviously on brand. But I found this one um, the other day and I was like, yo, I have never heard of this grape before. How about that? Yeah. So... I'm excited. What's so, the grape? It's an Albarino. Albarino. Interesting. It is a grape that is native to northwestern Spain and Portugal. Mm. Okay, why? How cool. In yeah. Colombia. Let me open this bottle real quick. Yeah, some oh. ASMR. It looks like a cool bottle. Yeah. Definitely. It's all right. It's not the best pop. Better. Yeah. As always, we're drinking out of our 21 Clemente Museum wine glasses. Shout out. Shout out, Clemente Museum. In the strip, where the strip meets Lawrenceville. Thank you. Wait, wait, wait. You should pour the next one. So oh, get yeah. That. yeah. Duh. Act like you've been here before, Scotty. Not my first podcast. <laughs> Hefty right. boards, as always. So Cheers. let me talk about this real quick. Okay. All right, so this is the Torre de Ermelo Albarino 2015. Mm. Um, it is the name of the vineyard is Altos de Torona. Um, it is located in Rias Bajas. I'm probably saying that wrong. But this is an area in Spain. It's not an exact town. It's kind of like Cinque Terre, right? In mm. Italy, the five villages. Um, it's in the Galicia region of Spain. It's the north. Galicia. 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 They actually, I think, say with the TH. Galicia. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Well. Interesting. Learn something new every day. Um, this is the very northwestern corner of Spain, right above the uh, northern border of Portugal. 
Uh, Rias Bajas is a name of an area where there's four inlets on the southwestern coast of Galicia. 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 Yeah. Um, hmm. And yeah, I mean, it's Rias just, Bajas, I think, is short rivers. So that makes sense. Is that what the it inlets. Means? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the, the this grape is native to this area. It's also known as Alvarinho uh-huh. in Portugal. They use a V instead of a B. Makes sense. Um, but Alvarinho is the. Um, the Galician name for the grape. Nice. Um, both names derive from the words albo or albus, which mean white or whitish. <laughs> nice. So quite literally the color of the wine. Um, this has been thought to be a Riesling clone. Ooh. Originating from the Alsace region of France. Mm. France. Um, w- some good f- uh, food with this is typically fish i fe- feel like this is a summer wine that you're drinking out by the ocean that you're sitting there by the fire by the fire, yeah you know on the coast um but it's known these this grape is known for its botanical aroma mm-hmm. and citrus undertones and this vineyard altos de torona is in a town called tomino o rosal mm-hmm. in spain España. it is the largest single vineyard in in the rias bajas area cool um, it is 232 acres, which sounds absurd. That's uh-huh. like a lot of land. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sits on the slopes of Mount Galeno. Um, the area, this area is home to 91 species of plants and 71 animal, animals. It sounds like a jungle almost. Yeah, it's very cool. And it's also known as the land of 18 butterflies. Ooh, so that's a beautiful. Lot of colored butter, butterflies. Okay. And if you look up the uh, website of this vineyard, there's butterflies everywhere. Oh. So they they think that the biodiversity of the area enriches the grape vines from their roots, which helps with the flavor of the wine. Mm. So I'm excited to try this because I was like looking it up. I'm like, what is the grape? I have never heard of this grape. Yeah. So something new to cheers to a podcast. new grape. Salud. Salud. What do you smell? Okay, I'm smelling. Yeah, you know, I get like so. It's, with a lot of white wine, it's fruity. Like, yeah. Or a light fruit, but I'm smelling. A, the tartness of like a lemon mm. or citrus. Getting a lot of lemon. Yeah, like grapefruit almost. Grapefruit is, yeah. I do get the floral aspect. Like it kind of yeah. smells like a perfume shop a little bit. Green apple. I'm just sticking to my citrus. <laughs> yeah, I'm... your white wine equals green apple. Green apple. <laughs> I think I've said that for everyone. <laughs> Um, but no, um, it's a nice yellow color. It's whitish, Albus. Yeah, um, it's whitish. It whitish, yes, whitish. But it's an, it. yeah, it's it looks like pear juice. I think is something I say when I talk about white wine too. Um, yeah, let's give it a try. Wow. Ooh. This is different. Yeah, I hit my cheeks. Yeah, it's tart. Very. It's, it's um. It's Jamie tart. Which you wouldn't get that reference because you don't watch Ted Lasso. <laughs> um, but no, it's it's this is good. This is different. I think I'd love to have this like cold, sitting out by the water. Um, Does it have a serving temperature on the bottle? The recommendation. I should have put it in the fridge before I came here, but no, not necessarily. It doesn't have a. Usually, if it's meant to be served cold, it'll say so on the bottle. It'll give you a temperature recommendation. But um, no, this is good. Um, yeah. I'm, ex- I'm excited to sip this throughout the episode and talk some baseball. Week three. 
week three of the season. Can we slow down a bit? <laughs> Are you going to say that every week? I know. <laughs> We're only through one tenth of the season, so that's a good. That sounds. If better. you're counting, uh, it's like half glass full. Glass half full. Half glass full. Half glass full. Cheers to a half glass full. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> All righty, let's get into it. And now an interview with Dan O'Coin. There he is, Danny boy. Wow, wow! Look at the, look at look at Scotty's setup. That's insane. I'm literally across the table from her right now. <laughs> Wait, for real? Yeah, no, I'm at like yeah, Sarah's that's house. My this is my house behind him. I haven't seen you in so long. I feel like I know. I know. It's been a, it's been a minute, uh, hasn't it? I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. You look this exact same, <laughs> baby <laughs> face, young Daniel, straight out of Worcester. <laughs> what uh what's new on uh what's new on you guys is in um well we're in pittsburgh i live in pittsburgh um yeah we're doing this podcast welcome to the foul vine yes danny i was gonna say i was telling sarah like this is the first time i'll talk to you face to face we talked a lot over the phone and like text I know. and stuff like that but this I is, know. i'm excited <laughs> it, it, so, so this is this is recording how do we uh how do we do this i've been on one podcast in my life uh and it was drive lines and uh oh nice I, Full, I had full editing power. <laughs> yeah, so we're like this. It's recording now, but we can cut. We're cutting and stuff. Why not? We're just gonna talk, and you know, if you want to drink wine with us, drink wine with us. And I, to be fair, I sent I sent a text. I sent a text ten minutes ago. I said, "Are we drinking wine for this?" Uh, <laughs> and, and and instead, I went with a Manhattan. Uh, oh, I feel like I keep it classy. There you go. Uh, Love it. Coworker told me to to do that, so that's what I did. That's what I did. What are we, what are we, what are we drinking over? Uh, what are we drinking over at this table? Apparently, you both are at. We got a, a Spanish white wine from wow. northwestern Spain. Yeah, how, pretty how good. How much you spending on a bottle? How much you spend on a bottle this, for a podcast? This bottle was nine ninety nine. No, no. Yeah, no, no. I swear that's, to God. that's too nice of a bottle. I, I don't. Yeah. That <laughs> Looks nice. I'm literally screenshotting that and in, in going on Drizzly right now. No way I'm finding <laughs> that for less than twenty. All right. Today we have Dan O'Coin, Assistant Director of Foundational Research for the Philadelphia Phillies and friends to Sarah and I. Welcome, Dan. Hello, hello. So, uh, Danny, first question, most important question. Do you like wine? And if so, what kind? Yeah, yeah. I've dabbled, I've dabbled a bit uh, back in the day, uh, but kind of pivoted to, to uh, cocktails or whatever. But but uh, if I'm if I'm going if I'm going wine, uh, probably going red from from Tuscany, uh, for no reason. Ooh. I haven't I have never like toured wines, you know what I mean, or just like tried them and like memorized what do I like. I just literally uh, one time had a had a red wine from from Italy uh, that I like, so I've just been sending it on red wines from from tuscany ever since Love that. that's yeah. you have scotty mo's heart with that one he's a big italy red especially a tuscan red like i love the chiantis the monte Pulciano's. those are my favorites so you you won me over already <laughs> hey, hey what's the what's the uh what's the uh caparzo is that one i always go if that's on a menu no, no, not one not that I recognize, that. but right. hey, I, maybe, I trust maybe you. I'm making, I'm making, I'm making them up, trying to sound. You, you said Chianti, and and I tried to, I tried to one up you to fit in. 
We'll uh, take it. We'll 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 take your word for it. Um, so yeah, quick recap. How how the hell do you know us? Um, you and I went to UMass together back in the day, um, studied sport management, and have just kept in touch throughout our baseball careers. Um, it's kind of crazy. Like you were also a video intern. We were video interns, and now look at you. Like it's amazing. Just so proud of you, and it's really cool. And then you know Scotty. Scotty can tell the story if you want. Yeah, so uh, my first job in baseball was a video intern in the r beautiful Rookie League uh, down in Bluefield, West Virginia. And Danny had my job the year before, so I was given his number to ask a lot of questions. He mentored me, right? Um, and then when I got my job with the Mets in 2017, Sarah's like, do you know Dan O'Coin? And I'm like, oh my God, I used to talk to him a lot last year. So we, we had that mutual co connection right away when Sarah and I went to Florida to work for the Mets together, so... I, I was yeah. trying to uh I was trying to think back to to how to how you two knew each other too and I was like just like two minutes before hopping on the, the podcast thing just like I know it's baseball but I don't remember how <laughs> yeah good old port St. Lucie video video interns with the GCL and minor league ops you know it's all about those angles it really is got to get the best angles open side angles yeah yeah yeah, yeah. talk I about still, an uh, underappreciated job it's true and, and it's only it only gets more ridiculous you know what i mean there's going to be there's going to be a world where uh, a video intern doesn't need to put a panasonic camera uh you know in, in the bleachers but i don't i don't know when that day will will ever be but it's still or uh climb on top of a fence in bluefield to get a centerfold camera <laughs> <laughs> that climb was ridiculous uh it was a it was a hazard for sure <laughs> and it was such a bad angle. It was such a bad angle. It's just like no one you can't this is terrible, you know. There was a couple games where I had um I didn't have center field footage because there was a park behind the Bluefield uh stadium and I I would wrap the camera in uh was that the the ice bags yeah. if it was going to rain. Yeah. And there was a couple times where I could hear kids like below the camera and they were they pulled it down off the wall. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. fun times. Those are the days. Those are the days. Yeah, kids' days are notoriously the worst days in minor league baseball. Hot take. Not really hot take, I guess. But, no, that's, um, that's fact. Fact, yeah. That's straight facts. So, Dan, we mentioned you worked in Bloom, um, Bluefield. Excuse me. Um, how did you get into baseball? Take us through this path. You have um, quite the path in baseball, as we all do. I mean, that's kind of just everyone has their own way of getting through it and climb, you know, getting to where they need to get to. Um, everyone has their own crazy journey and story to tell. So share with us how it all began and how you got to where you are now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how much time we got on the, how much time we got on the podcast now? Uh, as much time as you want. You're an honored <laughs> guest. Um, yeah. So I mean, I mean, I, ironically, I grew up a, a Kansas city Royals fan uh, in, in Worcester, Massachusetts. So yeah. How does that uh, happen? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, it's it's a weird it's a weird story, but uh, the the TLDR is that my aunt was best friends with Zach Ranky's sister. They both are from like Orlando or whatever. Um, so then, just like they got to talking, my aunt said I like baseball. Zach had like just gotten promoted to the big leagues. He was like 19, 20 years old, uh, and he sent me a bunch of autograph stuff when I was like 10, 11. You know, like that age when like just like big leaguers or like you're, awesome. you're just like super fans or whatever um anyways he sent me all this autograph stuff uh on christmas and and called me uh on christmas day so then i was just like hooked what? you know like i had this like personal connection to like the royals 
best pitcher or whatever. Uh, That's amazing. Then, yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't because they were, you know, probably averaged a hundred losses for <laughs> the entirety. For the entirety of my my childhood um but but that's how i got into analytics honestly it was just like why is this team just perpetually just terrible um yeah. i remember seeing you the first day i met you at umass it was in we were in a professional writing class it wasn't even a sport class the first day i met you i don't know if you remember this um and i'm pretty sure you had crutches on um and we're decked out in Royals stuff. And I was like, what is this kid doing Royals and going to UMass? Like what is going on? And then I remember sparking up a conversation and then I was like, oh shit, we're both in sport management and really into baseball. Like, I actually remember that now. I actually remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was the, uh, if there are any UMass listeners, I was, I was the uh, idiot who, who wore Royal stuff head to toe uh, pretty, pretty much every day uh for for about four years in college uh so that's that's a a key identifier and actually (laughs) scotty mo you'll appreciate this story the first applebee's trip in bluefield uh i was like sitting with the coaching staff you probably know this and (laughs) and we all throw down our cards to to uh to pay like our like split of the the share of the bill or whatever and i just had a candace city royals credit card it's the only thing i could roll right with. on the table I, I i threw it upside down to to try and be uh sleek and just that like, didn't get past second. matthews yeah yeah well yeah yeah matthews just literally looked at me it's just like, you know flips it over and it's ah and it's just like well yeah 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 then Dennis is just like, you got to change that, you know and it's just like i mean you're right but i'm not you know for for a two-month season but uh anyways anyways uh yeah yeah so royals fan and then uh got into analytics that way and then got a break with the blue jays ironically the 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 homie that was supposed to be the bluefield video guy uh the year i did it so 2015 quit like three weeks three weeks before graduation uh so that my professor uh at the time david haynes who's who's now with the angels uh was uh like Bebop's coordinator, director of UMass. UMass as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. He went to UMass, hit up one of our professors and was just kind of like, who, you know, who do you have or whatever? And that's kind of how it all sort of transpired and, and came to be. Um, yeah, and that was a break with Toronto and and stayed there for, for another year of video in, in Buffalo. Um, and like, yeah, t- to be honest, like, I will say I'm pretty pretty grateful for for the experience because I didn't know anything about player development. I came from like such a strict, like R and D esque type type background in in college, and I was probably at the time one of the only like individuals that had like a technical background that was like just thrown into player development with absolutely no <laughs> absolutely no motivation. To, like get into scouting, get into player that you know what I mean. Like. Um, I just really wanted to yeah. work in R and D. That's refreshing, though. I'm sure for those in player development too, like that you were thrown in. You have a totally different perspective. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if refreshing is how. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's the right <laughs> word. Private, uh, but I mean, yeah, the TLDR is like you, you, you sort of you sort of see all the things that okay, go on. What is TLDR? I'm not on the internet enough to know what that is. Not the, 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 the like abbreviated. Is it too long? Don't read. It's like the abbreviated version. Okay, that's what uh, I. It makes okay, me feel I better. It, it makes me feel better when I ramble that I say TLDR before. I it love makes it. it seem like okay. I'm being more Thank concise you. when I'm not. Uh, anyways. Uh, yeah, so I mean, basically, like had that background, kind of saw firsthand how these two different factions were were kind of side with one another. That's not like a knock on the Blue Jays, just kind of like how the industry was at that time, mm-hmm. um, and that just sort of like led me to Driveline, 
spent another internship, I'd say, before I went to Driveline with Tampa. Um, and then just kind of like kind of always had Driveline in my crosshairs just because it was sort of at that sort of in-between uh, space with, with R&D and, and player dev. Um, and then was at Driveline for, for five years. Um, so that's kind of like where everything sort of unfolded, where I got sort of my big breaks as the company scaled up and I was doing research for the company. Um, you know, one thing led to another and then opportunities just kind of like opened up in, in places I honestly never thought they would. So, um, you know, it was a bit of a roller coaster for, for a few years. Um, didn't exactly have beliefs one-to-one -one with the industry, but as, as driveline scaled, that was like a good home for me, uh, and my belief set. And ultimately that sort of like shaped the industry and I was sort of like ahead of the curve. Um, so I got pretty lucky, um, with, with all the different exposures that I had. And you the game was a podcast at driveline. Yeah. And we also had a podcast. We also had a podcast at driveline. <laughs> two, two podcasts, actually. Uh, one's, one's retired and, and one still, still lives on, but, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, and now with the Phillies full time. So, um, finally left the driveline nest. Um, so yeah, that's, that's the path. So Danny, before I ask, cause I have a lot of questions about driveline. What was your, uh, favorite place in the happy league favorite place uh well it certainly wasn't bluefield uh and it certainly wasn't princeton uh, i mean the, the obvious answer is definitely johnson city i guess johnson right? city was fun because there's stuff to do there uh princeton might have might have had the scariest mascot i've ever seen <laughs> Think like a guy like in a chicken outfit would talk to people through the <laughs> You, you uh, the, did you have to park in the the gas station uh, yeah yeah oh yeah sheets, park in the sheets and cross the street yep that whole yeah. was something else uh greenville was nice too though greenville was like Ooh, a nice facility the park the park yeah yeah well Beautiful. not around greenville yeah there's like nothing there but like yeah yeah the, yeah. the baseball field the itself is really, yeah. <laughs> yeah so um but Go ahead. Was say, there, there was a, there was a restaurant I think walking distance in in Greenville too, which is which is a which is a luxury. Uh, I mean walking distance in quotes. I forget what it was, but we actually walked to a restaurant which was a big luxury before the the days of Uber. Um, mm. You know, in in uh, in the Appy League. Uh, so that was a that was a big time plus. Yeah. No. Funny story. I love talking about the Appy League because there's so many funny stories coming out of that league. But we uh, one night we played an 18 inning game in Greenville. And um, they actually had to tell us to re resume the game tomorrow because it was like past the time ordinances of the city or something like that. Um, we nothing was open, but a drive-through at Taco Bell, which was like next to our hotel. But um, we none of us had a car, so we walked through the drive-through of this Taco Bell to get food at like one in the morning. Good <laughs> um, old Happy League. Uh, and then I spent I spent three weeks in Kingsport when we were with the Mets. So I had a second taste of the Epi League. I didn't know that. Fun, yeah. Know yeah, three Kingsport. Weeks? Why three weeks? Um, I don't really... It was kind of confusing. We had another intern coming in who was also from Worcester too, wasn't he? Rochi? Do you know Rochi by chance? No. no. Okay. Well, yeah, he came in and he started off in Florida training and then he came up and we switched. I went back to Florida. So... Um, but back to uh, driveline. So, like, how did you get into driveline? Like, how did that all start? Going from you went from the Rays to driveline, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, I mean, honestly, like, like I said, I just kind of like wanted. I thought, I thought the game, 
and the way players were were being developed were just like honestly at a at a standard that I thought was behind driveline honestly and like um if you just like sort of read research uh whether you just like crushed ASMI research papers or like driveline's blog you know they just had like a sort of different more objective tone for for how to like acquire skill in in baseball specifically um and so I just like latched onto it because like I said, it's just kind of like where my background sort of sort of were at the time. Um, and so that was sort of the impetus behind it. Honestly, like I was reading a driveline blog in like the middle of the middle of July. Uh, and the company finally started to be like large enough to to hire, you know, people outside of the the gym, you know, just like former trainees or whatever. Um, so I was like reading a blog late one night after you know the the gcl slog uh of uh <laughs> of port charlotte florida and uh there was like a careers tab at the bottom of the page and i just like clicked on it and they were hiring for <laughs> for a customer customer service position and i was just like yeah i'm just gonna send it I, you know like not thinking anything of it it's just like there's just no way this this like startup with like 15 20 people are just gonna like hire someone who's in florida working for for tampa but you know, got a got a text or a, an email the, the next day, uh, and and Mike actually had me, Mike the CEO at Driveline, had me fly out to 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 Seattle in the middle of the season, which was insane. You know, like uh, in in the GCL on Sundays uh, or Saturday, sorry, the games at 10 a.m. Uh, yeah. So had the game, dropped the players off, flew you know flew, flew in the in the van uh, to to the Tampa <laughs> airport, then flew to Seattle interviewed on a on a sunday flew back and was there in time for the, for the monday, yeah. monday morning that's wild there. but uh classic uh, yeah. drop the players off in the van moment yeah, uh, that's yeah. Like, yeah. It's just ridiculous ridiculous yeah and and you know he, he basically said he just did it because he wanted to make sure i was real because he never thought he could get someone from professional baseball to, to work for driveline so he thought it was like a, a prank or something uh, so I made that whole trip just to confirm that I was indeed a person. Um, I and, love uh, that. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, uh, the season ended, and then I was in Seattle a week later. So yeah. that was kind of that. <laughs> so um, going from um, drive. Well, wait, first at driveline. Well, what do you think you learned most there? Yeah, yeah. I think I think relevant to to baseball just like being efficient um like it was it was an in-between of like a, a cutthroat startup culture with with baseball research tied into it and player dev uh so like you sort of learn to to make the most of the the means that you have right like when i showed up i went from like uh i think i had like neander's old office in in tampa when everyone dipped out for for the regular season so i had like these glass doors looking out to the spring training stadium and you know everything's carpeted. I had like a name tile on the door, and then oh yeah, I've been there, been in those exact hallways, yeah, those exact yeah, rooms, and yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And so at Driveline, like I showed up, and my desk was like in between two desks, so I didn't have a like real desk. You know, I was like in between. Uh, and then there was a, a copy of Hacking the Kinetic Chain, Driveline's book, and then uh, man i forget the name of the other it's like hitting biomechanics by robert Keane. just like this giant mm -hmm. thick biomechanics book and my monitor is stacked on top of it with a crack halfway <laughs> halfway through uh and i had no place to put my laptop so my laptop was just on my lap um 
you know, it's just like the ceilings were like mold, you know what I mean? It's just like a completely different, uh, completely different vibe. Uh, but, but, uh, everything we had to do just had to be super, super efficient with labor, how we structure meetings, everything, you know? Um, and, and so like living in that world and also being around baseball, uh, was just super, super helpful, super helpful for me to, to work better, work more efficiently, make the people around me better, scale up departments, you know, uh, and also just have different exposures that I wouldn't have had otherwise. Like we just were a smaller company. So I was like, you know, managing the database, you know what I mean? Like I was the director of pitching for six months. You know what I mean? I had no idea what the hell, you know what I mean? It's just so, so, so I just had like all the, I ran CR or customer service, customer relations, whatever you want to call it for like a hot minute. Like I just had all these weird jobs, that. you know? The and, kid from and, Worcester running customer relations. Hey, <laughs> welcome to West Bend. <laughs> welcome to Driveline. Texas and California just can't understand a word I'm saying, you know? Yeah. <laughs> But that's something to be said of ex, um, experiential learning, right? Like trial by fire, you're getting all the experience um, that you wouldn't definitely not get as a video intern or an intern in any major league club. Yeah, for, for sure. And I think like one of the the biggest hindrance is too strong of a, of a word, but I think I think like individuals in baseball struggle with uh, from like a career development perspective is like they really only move up in one org. So maybe they bounce around and, and have internships with different orgs before they like land somewhere. But when they truly scale up, you know, like they just re-up their contract and re-up their contract until hopefully at some point they get to like the assistant director or like coordinator level and they get plucked. Um, and then they'll go to another organization. But throughout like their twenties, they just will work in one spot and they just don't know what like good is they don't know what bad is they just know what they know because that's just the exposures that they've had right it's not like a thing that's like their fault it's just reality um and so like when you only work one job and, and only have like you know a handful of, of colleagues for so many years you, you just kind of like have a tendency to to like lose the bigger picture so to speak uh, and i think i think a lot of organizations really really struggle with that they don't know where they stand relative to to the rest of the league and like at driveline we were pretty pretty lucky that like i was pretty lucky at least where every player we had coming in was from a different organization they could say different things they had their post-game reports they had their post-season reports we got to know their processes and like you get a good really strong understanding really quickly uh, about what good is because you're essentially competing against these teams to have these players train at your facility versus you know their coaches in the offseason training them remotely for tens of thousands of dollars, right? So it's it's competitive and it's cutthroat and you have to be good. Um I don't even know if I don't even know how I got on that on that rant or whatever, but 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 the point is is yeah, it's cool to get all these different sort of exposures and, and really lucky at Dropline to to sort of have that. So I'm fascinated by the director of pitching role. Um so obviously like we we know like you hear about players going into driveline during off season training, et cetera. Like, were you involved with that? Uh, and then also like in season, like what, what are you guys doing in season for players? Yeah. 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 So, so I mean, when, when I was director of pitching, we probably had about five big leaguers. I don't know, maybe, maybe 10. Um, but, but uh, I mean, this is, this is a spicy take. This is a spicy take, but I think like, I think like often in baseball, uh, technical skills get prioritized in terms of promotion over managerial abilities uh, and and whatever. So like a really I good agree with you wholeheartedly, dude. 
Yeah. So like a really good pitching coach, you know, like doesn't mean necessarily that someone's going to be a good director of pitching, right? Those are like two different roles with two, two different responsibilities. And uh, I think, I think people often lose sight of that in baseball. So, I mean, honestly, my, my, my uh, director of pitching role was, was certainly less hands-on with, with players, but more just like making sure that like the systems that we have in place were automated. So like no one should be, manually typing in you know like while velo uh values into our software or whatever uh at like a high salary or whatever when we can be building better processes and systems automating some things hiring interns for other things um you know like we should have someone technical that's in charge of like making sure athletes are gaining velocity making sure they're like uh you know above their like steamer projection or whatever making sure that like by our standards we're getting athletes better and holding ourselves accountable uh so that's kind of like what i that's kind of like what i did um or whatever um and then and then handed it off to to bill uh who's who's now i don't even know his time assistant pitching coach of, of the angels or whatever but like you know that was that was sort of the the role there and then like as for the second part of your question about what we what we what we do in season i mean it, it depends on the player honestly so like we have like say we driveline has a annual plan or whatever where like guys can just go on pay a fixed price and then just like get services throughout the year um some some use it very heavily some don't but it can range from anything from like programming to advanced scouting and and honestly just like advice in between starts or whatever um you know each like i said each guy uses it differently it'll depend on their org and the deliverables that their respective orgs are giving them you know um but but uh you know it's kind of like hands-on year-round training if if you want it um for, for the entire year which is cool and probably how it should be right so yeah very cool um so you're saying i wish i agree that baseball doesn't do a good job of teaching their managers and directors to be good managers and directors they just get promoted because they're good at their individual contributor jobs um, i'm very passionate about that and <laughs> curious how did driveline help you with your managerial or directorial skills besides just throwing you in the fire like was there any support um or yeah how did that go down or not at all i guess it, it, yeah it was kind of, it was kind of trial by it was kind of trial by fire but but i think it's sort of like the 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 same efficiency thing or whatever it's just like uh you, you sort of have skin in the game right like you can't so 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 take you know at, at one point i was like director of baseball operations so we had like one or two one or two uh interns right and it was sort of like my job to like make the company money so that we could hire these interns who we all thought were really good like full time and like not operate at like you know a six figure loss you know like year after year and have other people eat that budget and you know that that budget sort of come out of my salary so like you you just like get good at it pretty fast or you don't you know like um and and so that's kind of like a, a big thing it's just like a, you know like in a lot of other industries that probably you know don't have a startup culture if you work in like a, a bigger business it doesn't have to be baseball like you can just hire for for inefficiencies right like you're not getting the job done you can just add two more people or three more people or whatever you know the money's coming from somewhere that's pretty distant from from your operation but when you are at like a, a startup culture it's not necessarily that so you know a lot of it was just googling and just being like man i, I gotta make this work if i gotta make this work and make this much money by september 
for the company, like we need to hit on these projects so that we can sell it at ABCA or Christmas time or whatever. And, and, um, you just, you just figure it out. You know? So I, I don't know, I guess like the only thing driveline kind of did there was just like, nudge me. It's just like, if you want this, it's yours. You just got to sort of like figure it out, um, or whatever. Yeah. They and believed then- in you, which is more than a lot of baseball teams probably do. Um, but yeah, I'm very passionate about making leaders better leaders, especially in baseball. Cause I've had some not so good ones, but I've also had some good ones, but, um, yeah. <laughs> you know how it goes <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's um it's it's just one of those it's just one of those things and i think to to, to be fair to to the industry i think there is finally a, a realization like talk about startup culture like baseball operations departments literally are growing exponentially right like mm, definitely five ten years ago it was probably like 30 40 people and now it's probably two three x that so like growing pains as well um you know, and like, I think there's probably a, a corner that's been turned somewhat, but obviously just, just kind of move slower as it's just like a bigger business. Right. So, you know. Yeah. So bringing onto the Phillies where you now are, um, do you manage a team with the Phillies? Uh, not, not, uh, I mean, yes and no, yes and no. It's the department department that I'm in is, is relatively, relatively new. Um, so, you know, in, in like, you know, the titles assistant director, there's obviously like leadership responsibilities in the, in the day-to-day that you have to sort of check off. But, uh, in terms of like managing, like in my previous job, just having like 35 director and direct reports come up from, you know, wherever I'm yeah. at is, that's that's gone which is gotcha, okay. uh, actually yeah it's actually nice to, to do some in, individual contributor stuff for the first time in in quite a bit of time uh so a yeah, little bit awesome. of a pivot for me yeah yeah so so yes and no i guess is the simple simple way to answer the question nice so um back up a little bit like how did you um transition what made you decide to go back into baseball or back into you were always in baseball but back into major league baseball so you went from driveline to the reds correct yeah, so I went driveline consultant uh, mm. position with the Phillies. Okay, so it's the Cincinnati. second stint with the Phillies. Technically the third. Oh wow! Consultant again with the Phillies, then <laughs> with the Phillies. It's been a long five years. Um, it's been a long five years, but but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I mean, um, had had always had always vibed well with with Philly. Um, have a, have a history with with driveline in in the past um and some familiar faces in the in the front office and it just kind of like felt like the right time to to give it a go at driveline um things were things were really good but i you know just wasn't in in pro ball which is ultimately like when i first applied at driveline always sort of like this long-term grand vision you know to 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 sort of make your your way back and i think i kind of felt like if it's if it's not now it's just for sure for sure never gonna happen um and i thought like you know i mean this is probably a bit a bit arrogant but like to arrogance maybe not the right word but like just like i kind of deserved it you know what i mean just kind of like went through this long path made a lot of like risky choices in in my career and, and sacrificed you a lot. definitely deserved it definitely uh, do. Man. I um, mean, yeah, keep keep building me up now um, i will i will i'll be that person <laughs> for you yeah. uh no so so you know it just kind of like just kind of like 
had a, had a offer that I thought was, was appealing and then jump for it, you know? So yeah, we were almost, we um, co-workers with the reds there for a hot mm -hmm. sec. Mm -hmm. It was between the pirates and the reds for me. Um, my last job in baseball and Danny was with the reds at the time. So we could have got the team back together, but it didn't work <laughs> out. So It would have um, been, it would have been relatively, uh, a relatively short, short, short sent. Yeah. So yeah. I, I made the right choice. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, now, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, We'll, uh, we'll move so, on. From that. Yeah, we'll move on. So, we're um, not on the court about that. <laughs> what does foundational research mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, it's tough to <laughs> it's tough to it's tough to to sort of describe. But you know, I think like I think where Driveline had a had a large leg up in the industry is that a lot of like core elements about the game uh, and like just sort of how baseball is played was super close to where R&D was. And our focus was sort of heads down on on looking at more like intrinsic elements of how players perform and behave and what sort of relates to talent, because it was central to us being able to to try and quantify, like, if we're doing a good job or, or full of shit, right? So, like, um, a lot of those same principles uh, are sort of like what – uh, I'm hoping to to bring to 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 the Phillies R and D uh, department. Um, I don't know. I, I've been asked this a bunch of times. I, my parents don't know what I do. I, I I barely do at this point. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't have a great answer <laughs> yeah. for what foundational research is. Okay. But <laughs> no you, you know, you you know that's probably the best way that I can I can sort of describe it. So foundational research, you're you fall under the analytics wing. I'm assuming within the base or R and D. Yeah. yeah yeah correct, correct. okay um do you live in philly if so what uh what do you think <laughs> no no so i'm in i'm in boston actually oh you are okay uh, you're yeah, you're yeah, uh, hybrid yeah. yeah it's a weird it's a weird location for, for for what i do uh between you know leaving a job that was in seattle uh to take one in philly but uh my fiance is is uh like sort of locked into a job here for for the foreseeable uh we're a big fan <laughs> <laughs> she probably hear you right now, honestly. So, uh, you know, if you are gonna talk smack, keep it. Keep no, it I would never. I can turn the volume down if you want. No. No, if uh, I'm gonna talk smack, it's gonna be about you, <laughs> not Rachel. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. She's probably, she's probably talking smack about me right now behind the <laughs> someone. But, uh, uh, yeah, in Boston for the in Boston for the foreseeable. But I do, I do like Philly. I do like Philly to be to be quite honest. Every time I'm, I'm probably down like once every five or six weeks now at this point and like every time i go down i'm like i i do just kind of i do just kind of vibe with uh with the uh underdog mentality kind of of the of the city um which yeah, is just very like dirty Boston. worcester vibes as well yeah yeah, yeah. exactly <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> no i i so my girlfriend's from philly and i'm i'm there a lot and uh um, oh really i love the atmosphere um just I was there for Steelers Eagles in the fall, and that was a time when they were in the World Series, and it was just electric. Like I, I have a lot of respect for the sports fans, really. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's 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 definitely good vibe. Even even um, even uh, even for opening day, you know, it's just the place is absolutely absolutely electric. You know, I mean, we you know, I, I was kind of spoiled with 
with uh, going to Red Sox games as a as a kid because obviously that is different, uh, you know, same kind of like aura, atmosphere, passionate fans. Um, so, so you kind of take it for granted. And then when you sort of like branch out and work for different orgs and sort of like see all the stadiums, you're just like, wow, this is actually like super unique, you know, and you like learn to appreciate it because um, it's just absolutely electric every game, electric. Just curious. Uh, do you go down to Clearwater at all during the season? Uh, spring training, spring training. I don't know if I'll be down, honestly, over the, over the course of the, the season. Um, but probably, probably for instructs too. Um, yeah. but you know, I, I, why you have, you have roots in Clearwater or no, or are you just I'm, asking, are you just I'm trying just to still rotate me throughout the, throughout the months of the year? I just want to know where you're at at all times. <laughs> <laughs> I like Clearwater too. I've been for, for Florida spring training spots is actually, actually one of the better ones, honestly. Yeah. I mean, it's no point St. Lucy. It's no Port St. Lucie. I mean, hard to yeah. hard to beat. But we met up, I think, one time in Clearwater for dinner, um, with we some did? other in, with some other interns. Yeah, I just remember like dropping you off at a hotel. Oh, is that when you left your keys in the Uber? Yes, yes, yes or your yes, phone in yes. the Uber. Was or something? In that was that was twenty. That was oh Dunedin. It was Dunedin. That yeah. was Instructs twenty sixteen. Yeah. <laughs> yes. What did we? What did we? Wow. That was a yeah. Oh, because you were in Tampa. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, I must. Yeah, I was with the Rays then. So, yep. yeah. yeah was, Anyways, good times. Good times. <laughs> I forgot about that one too. Where else did we? Where else did we meet up over the past like seven years that I just am completely blanking on? Definitely all of the winter meetings. Definitely the winter meetings. That's yeah. for sure. Good times. Good times. What's the last one of the meetings you've been to? I haven't been to one forever. Oh wow, the last one I went to I think was Vegas but not this past one. It was like the Vegas twice before, I think, with the Astros. Fair enough. Fair so, uh, Danny, 2023 Phillies, how we feeling? <laughs> I mean, we're feeling good. There you go. Good, good answer. <laughs> we're feeling good. We're feeling good. No, I mean, I mean, uh, I, I can, I can uh, put the political hat on. No, uh, I, I mean, I mean, uh, I think like, I think like, relative to 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 previous stint uh with the Phillies like I think the I mean part of the reason why I made the switch to to Philly this past year is just like the I think the progress the org has made over the past couple of years and sort of like all the underlying components that you'd want to sort of have culturally um you know are are sort of in a in a much like I wouldn't say better spot because that like insinuates before wasn't great, but like I think they've just made a lot of strides and continue to do so. So like, you know, the team and is a reflection of that. Um and like, you know, I don't think it's any coincidence that like they had the run that that they went on and sort of like if you read all these different media articles and whatever you see about like or read about like how tight knit the clubhouse is and the culture um and extends all the way through through the organization. So like you know like it's early and like you know <laughs> relative to how last season started it's just a, a friendly reminder that like it's a it's a long season and like i think there's a lot of really good pieces in in place um it should be a good good season yeah definitely it is a long season scotty even though every time scotty's like it's only week it's already week three can we slow it down it's like scotty we have a long way to go relax um so I have a couple more questions. Mm -hmm. um, I guess one of them is, oh, wow, it just left my head. It was a good one. One of them isn't. Uh, 
damn it. I hate when that happens. Okay. I'll just ask my final question then. Um, as you know, video interns matter. It's one of the hardest jobs in baseball. We all come from those humble roots. Um, what is some advice that you would give to anyone looking to get into baseball or any, any video intern out there now trying to get into um, the front office? What advice do you have for them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think now more more than ever, there's like um, exposure to tons of of technology and underlying uh, reports, data sets. Obviously, like the cliche thing to to say is like learn Python and in SQL, and for sure that's that's true. Like that's just a hundred percent going what whatever role in whatever part of aspect of baseball ops. Um, you know you you want to get into that's that's just a fundamental truth that your career will be expedited if you if you learn those two things but you know aside from that you're going to to have exposure on the day-to-day to 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 things that uh you otherwise wouldn't um so if there's a metric that you know that isn't on baseball savant that is on a report for the team that you work for just like do whatever you can to ask why um you know if there are like specific technologies that the public doesn't know about that your team is asking you to operate, use, leverage, whatever, find out why, you know, like there's just so many exposures to, to things behind the scenes now at that role, which means that it's a much more difficult job than, than what we did it, uh, to, to be fair, but uh, also also a lot more opportunity if, if you want to leverage it. So that's kind of the big thing for me. Nice. Love it. Ask why. That's great bottom line advice for anyone. I remembered my other question. Um, just given your big R&D background, big analytics guy, you obviously love the shift. So how do you feel about the regulation of the shift and just the new rules in general in baseball? No, I think the, I think the new rules, um, I think the new rules are relatively, relatively solid. And I think like the process that MLB uses to, to go about said, said rule changes are uh better than what most leagues do which is just have a bunch of owners vote in a room um and you know are just like relatively removed from the game and then they just de facto drop some some craziness on the nfl or the nba or whatever um so so i think like process is is relatively sound when they have a rule change that i think doesn't make a lot of sense it usually gets filtered out at the at the lower levels um for sure there's going to be like baseball purists who will think uh not too fondly or, or highly i don't know where you guys stand on them and for sure there's like things in times that like bother me it's just like this isn't how i knew it to be so therefore i'm like mad and anxious about this thing that i didn't know about or can't process or don't know as well um i think once you like look beyond that you know people like shorter games with with more action objectively the the majority of fans and so like if that's what the people want then like i'm kind of i'm kind of for it as for the shift i mean to be honest driveline completely ignores defense so i don't do anything with defense i have like nothing to do with <laughs> i could not know less <laughs> defensive positioning if i tried um which uh <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> which uh which uh so so i don't have any i don't have any uh super uh super spicy takes other than i like hitters that that pulled a baseball because i think it's sick mm. uh to live out in front um or whatever 
I want that uh, on a shirt. It's sick to live out in front. Yeah, it's sick to live out in front. Um, <laughs> that is a good quote. It uh, is. <laughs> and so, and so, if if you know that means guys who who roll over, uh, you know, make their way and, and trickle into the league at a at a relatively higher rate than before, I, you know, I'm kind of down. So, so that's what I got on it. So yeah, I have one last question. I was going to ask about the role changes, but I can reverse course here. I'm going to ask this question for the director of pitching. Um, the I'm sure you saw everything with Max Scherzer this week. This week, right, with um, him getting checked twice, etc. Um, do you think substances like sunscreen, rosin, and sweat can be sticky enough or have enough impact to uh, on spin rate? To, to like to like improve performance yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely like, yeah yeah like a hundred percent really okay interesting yeah a hundred percent i mean i mean obviously the the benefit will be contingent on like the players underlying like movement qualities and so on and so forth but you know like yeah yeah, yeah. players players aren't stupid if they like do it you know <laughs> and mix it yeah yeah <laughs> most of the time most of the time. I, I i think that um the league needs to do a better job of um you know regulating it so like the same thing happened with Domingo herman i think this weekend and they just like kind of let it go i guess it's like based off of the umpire's judgment um so that's where it can get kind of sticky no pun intended um, <laughs> hey, um so uh, you know uh, they don't want you mixing anything rosin is legal Obviously, you can't tell a guy not to wear sunscreen, but they don't want you to mix anything. Um, I do think there needs to be some kind of like, um, you know, better job of regulating it and, and making it more consistent and uniform across all umpires. I don't know, because I don't think umpires are trained enough to know what certain substances are. I could be wrong, but just just my opinion. Yeah, I yeah. I, I'd say like in, in any situation when like technology or just like... Um, say like incentive but like when there are like rapid advancements and like the understanding of different things in this particular case it's it's pitch design um you know like the mlb is a massive entity like it's gonna it's gonna take time to 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 sort of catch up to one person figured something out and then tells a person and then that person tells four people and then you know next thing you know we're sort of you know the situation that we're in sort of ends up being what what it sort of is um you know and so you just sort of like hope and, and trust that people that are in charge are reactive and understand that like there's some inertia and hopefully better better initiatives and in policing hopefully on a way you know level the playing field yeah it is interesting like when you implement these rules right away without any support or like preparation on how to police them it's chaos is going to ensue um, and I also love how you called sweat a substance. So I'm going to use that. <laughs> so uh, we have sweat as a substance and it's sick to live out in front. So there we go. Good way to end the podcast. Two big, two big takeaways. Scotty Moe is going to open his own uh, uh, sweat, sweat, uh, sweat shop. Oh, yeah, I was going to say shop. <laughs> I got to stop. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't have a good word. <laughs> You're gonna sell jars of uh, jars of uh, sweat on Amazon. It's like spider tack, but sweat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Definitely sweat, cut sunscreen and uh, 
rosin mixed together. There we go. It's called Scotty Motac. <laughs> I'd buy it. I'd buy it right now. Oh, man, you're killing me. So good. Well, Dan, cheers. Thanks so much for coming on. This was awesome. I um, really appreciate your time, and hopefully the Phillies have another good season on their hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. cheers. Thanks for having cheers. me on. Thanks, Dan. It's nice finally meeting you in, in person. Or face-based, <laughs> yeah. person but yeah. Yeah. I can't um, believe you. In the, I literally didn't believe you until, until like 10 minutes ago when you guys were talking to each other. <laughs> I literally didn't believe you guys. Yeah, I'm yeah. in the Berg. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, that was fun talking to Dan. Um, it's it was nice to finally meet him face to face. Yeah, we have that mutual connection, but I had never met him, you know, face to face. It was always just over Which text is wild. On the phone. Yeah, yeah, wild, crazy. So. Glad that we can make it happen. Yeah. So on to the next part of our episode, we are going to recap the past week of games, starting week. with the American League, week three, week three, week three. Um, starting with the American League, going in the National League. So let's get into it, Sarah. Um, Liga Americana going into you know ending this week so we're going Wednesday to Wednesday um, there were all AL East teams were above 500 except for the Red Sox they're which, just one game which under. they now are 500 they are yeah okay cool good news well not really but <laughs> <laughs> no um, so AL East is competitive um, the Yankees are the only team in baseball that have not lost a series we'll start with New York the series isn't over yet. They're playing right They're up now. Nine They're three yeah. in uh, top of the ninth. Okay. I think we got it. Okay. But, you know, don't want okay, yeah, to knock on that wood. Um, so they, you know, they split with the Twins at home, and they're hopefully about to take two or three from the Angels. Um, also, I think Danny G was on to something <laughs> yeah. with his hot take. Is Garrett Cole actually good? He is good. Did you see, though, that he actually cares about the win stat, which is funny? Yeah. Because that's something we heard from a pitching coach is like, wins don't actually matter. Well, obviously, a pitching coach is going to say that, but sure. it's just funny because that's our wager as well. So I think with him, um, I think Garrett Cole is obsessed with winning a World Series. Mm. Like, I think he was really disappointed. You could tell. I remember seeing him sit out in the bullpen ready to come in when it, Houston lost the Nationals. Mm-hmm. It was Nationals. You were there, right? Yep. Um, and he look, was like looked very upset that they were not going to win the World Series, and I think he wants to win that more than anything else. So I think I understand it from his, like I understand why he would say that. But um, yeah, uh, I he's off to an incredible start. This is probably his best year since that year with the Astros, where he was like agreed. unhittable. Yes, agreed. Um, four zero. He's won every start. Point nine five ERA, whip below like point seven. It's they're off to a good start. Volpe's. Volpe crawled up that lineup. He fucking sprinted up that lineup. Let's talk about that real quick first. Because I love him batting with Stanton out. He's batting first. And LeMay, he's batting fifth. I love this so much because Volpe's going to get hot, right? He started slow. He's a rookie. He's 21. He has really good plate discipline. Good plate discipline. He is a threat on the bases. People are going... I think Judge is going to see better pitches with him on first because guys are just going to be like nervous about If he doesn't swing at them. True, true. Um, but I think, you know, you get Volpe on first and you have Judge behind him. I, I love that for the Yankees. Um, they just need to get their pitchers healthy, Severino and Rodon. Yeah, and what do you think about um, Stanton versus who they called up to replace him? Stanton versus Peraza? Yeah. like I, I think this was like your 
your annual trip to the IL first. <laughs> okay. Like, I wish it would have come later, but like, gotcha. you know, I, I just come to expect it. I think they have some depth where like, I'm not like worried really on the position player side. Like I, I want to see Peraza get at bats. Um, I also want to see LeMayhew in the lineup every day. They're eight and three when DJ starts. Fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I, I'm sure he'll be back soon. They said it was a grade two hammy strain, which, which is actually a bad hammy strain, mm. but like I, he was like, what, like, I don't know. I'm not built like Giancarlo Stanton, but when I, I remember like hurting my hamstring, like it was really hard to walk. Um, and I just think the guy's built different. I think he'll be back probably in a month or so. Okay. Um, the Rays, they finally lost. They did. Okay. So that was actually probably the best series of the week. The Rays at Toronto. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Toronto took two of three. Um, it was their first two losses. Jose Barrios finally showed up. <laughs> You're um, allowed to cuss on this podcast. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Yeah. For the permission. <laughs> well, you just like filtered yeah, yourself. Yeah, I did. There. I did. I yeah. did. You're right. You're right. Uh, <laughs> but no, it was um, it was a great series. Yandy Diaz learned how to hit the ball in the air. <laughs> Hot week. He yeah. Six home runs this year. Um, bad news on Tampa's front. Um, Jeffrey Springs getting mm. TJ. Yeah. From that, when he was removed from that start versus Boston. Bad news for us too, because he was getting us W's. He was like one of my sleepers. <laughs> I yeah. Um, but good news, they have unbelievable depth. Taj mm. Bradley's up and is pitched two gems to start his career. So love that. Love that. Alrighty, Orioles. They're looking good and they're yeah. fun to watch. I really think they are the underdogs. Yeah. Here in this division. So they took two or three from the White Sox, which fun fact, the White Sox are the only team that haven't won a series. <laughs> oh, yikes. I, things are not looking good in Chicago, South Side. But um, Orioles, I like them. They're feisty. They're like, they've got like this swagger to them. They're young guys. Mm. Adley is the real deal. Gunner's off to a slow start, but he's young. I just, Mount Castle. Mount Castle. Looks really those, good. Santander. Yeah. I think, if anything, the uh, Orioles are going to struggle on the pitching side, but... We'll see. Uh, they're a fun team to watch. I hope they add. I hope they add to you. They're sneaky in this division. Shannon, should we go? Let's talk about the Red Sox real quick. Yeah, they're back up to 500. They took three or four from the Angels. Lost on Marathon Monday, unfortunately. You can't blame that. Yeah, you can't win four games. It's hard to win four games yeah. against one team. Unless you're Plus, the there's also Bruins, Celtics. It's a, yeah, it's a whole thing. There's a lot going on in Boston right now. Yeah. Um, I do think that, um, you know, Chris Sale had a good start finally. Finally. They need him to be back Mm -hmm. uh, to his old self or somewhat of his old self. Um, But yeah, this division's just stacked. It's going to be really competitive. Definitely. On to the Central. Um, The Guardians, you know, typical week. They took two or three from the Nats. Josh Bell's been off to a slower start, but he... I think got his big first Cleveland home run this week. Um, you know, where are we standing? The where are they at in the standings right now, Sarah? They're below the Twins. Yes. At ten and nine. Ten as and of nine. Okay. This Thursday. Central recording. is like the opposite of the East, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, the East has all teams with double digit wins as of now, um, into week three, and. Um, the Central only has two of that mm. with double digit wins. So. Yeah, not good, not good. I mean, the Brights brought the Twins look good. I think the Twins are going to be a playoff team. Yeah, the Twins look good. Um, Pablo Lopez and the Twins reached a 40-year, $73.5 million extension. Awesome. He's been really hot. Yeah. Um, and I think that, you know, the call-up of Edward Holian, 
you know, he had a career 400 plus OBP in the minors. I think it made them easy to move on from Arias, having him behind, and they needed pitching. So it was like a great trade. I think I've said that multiple times on the podcast, but great trade for them. Um, Tigers, they've been like interesting. They they walked off two consecutive games. I don't. Why I, do you say it in quotes? I, I say it in quotes because I was about to say they swept the Giants, but they one game got canceled. They had two games. Uh, okay. So they walked off two consecutive games against the Giants. They swept. Um, they're around 500 now. Yes. Um, no. Wait. Yes. Seven and 10. Sorry. I was oh, seven and 10. Okay. So not, I mean. So yeah, their, their <laughs> offense has been like one of the worst in the league. Um, it's just, just a rough scene in, in Detroit. I feel like though they're hard to sweep. Like they're that kind of annoying team. Yeah. It's like, you're always going to drop one to them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're definitely going to finish in the bottom five though. Um, and then you know the White Sox, like we said, haven't won a series. Yeah, they're seven and twelve. Tough scene in Chicago. Um, just the depth. That was my concern before the season, is that they weren't going to be deep enough if someone went down. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Giolito, they need more out of him. Don't like Dylan Cease is a workhorse, but um, he's yeah, only one man. I think this division is going to come down to Cleveland and Minnesota. That's how it looks right now, at least. Um, Kansas City has been feisty, although not good. (laughs) I think, like, I think they're better than Detroit. Um, And with their new pitching coach this year, uh, I think his name is Brian Sweeney or Ryan Sweeney from the uh, Guardians. Um, A lot of their pitchers, um, their underlying data has been really um, promising. So, like, Chris Bubich, who just went, well, it's on your name. Chrissy Uh, Boobs. He, um... Like his velocity was up, um, and a lot of his uh, underlying data was um, trending upwards. But then he landed on the IL. Um, a lot of their pitchers are um, overperforming. Um, Bobby Witt started off slow, but he's starting to get it going. Vinny Pasquantino. They have guys in their offense where, like, I think they're going to be young, and, young and feisty. But they're definitely not. You know, they're obviously going to be below five hundred. So. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I think that's it for the Central. Let's move on to the West. Let's do it. Who do you want to start with, Sarah? Let's start with the Rangers. Let's do it. They have exceeded my expectations. Mm. They're good. They are. (laughs) Yeah, they're 12 and 6 right now. So they took 2 or 3 from Houston. I would love to see that become more of a rivalry. Yeah, I think it already has. Yeah. Um, One thing, just a side note, their City Connect jerseys suck. (laughs) <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> the hype video was better than the jersey itself i don't hate the jersey i think there were city connect jerseys out I there think the, <clears throat> the hat was decent but like i just i don't know i just didn't really get it um it's kind of underwhelming but yeah one guy that i has been off to a really hot start marcus Semyon, mm-hmm. who was had a bad year last year he's been really hot batting 293 with four homers and 18 rbis and rookie josh young which i believe was one of your yeah. rookies of the year pick um. Yeah, the Rangers. The Rangers are exceeding my expectations. If the Angels don't get it going, I think the Rangers will surpass surpass them. But it's early. It's early. Early days yet. Yeah. Um. Houston. Well, someone. You know. I'm not worried about Houston. What are they? Nine and ten. I'm not worried about Houston. Um. They're obviously really good. Hunter Brown has impressed me a lot, as I thought he would. Two and zero with a one ninety three ERA, seventeen Ks in three games. He is, I think he's only going to get better as the year goes on. And then they're going to get Altuve back. 
Um, so and McCullers back. So they've got guys that are going to come back and really. A lot of teams have guys that are going to come back and um, add to their you know um, offense or their staff. So, are you worried about Houston? No, definitely yeah. not. Like you said, they still have people to come back. They're nine and ten, and in a good division, it's a long season. And they're mm-hmm. just getting going. Another team I'm not worried about, Seattle. I really like Seattle. I think they're one of the most complete teams in the league. They swept the Rockies, and then I think they got swept by the Brewers. Mm-hmm. But they, they're at home. Um, Luis Castillo, I feel really good about my Cy Young pick there. Like, He went for a perfecto bid against the Rockies. He's got like a point. I think he has the best ERA in the league right now. He's looked – I think that's one of the best acquisitions from the past year. That trade, that's who I wanted the Yankees to get so bad. Frankie <laughs> Montes. Um He's a bona fide ace. He's given up no home runs yet in three or four starts. It's pretty impressive. Yes, very impressive. Give up home runs in the big leagues. Yeah. So I'm not worried about the Mariners at all. I think with Kalanick um, breaking out, and this team is like one of the most complete teams in the league. Yeah, I also really like their um, home run celebration trident. Big fan. Yeah, that is sick. Yeah. Julio Rodriguez, king of the sea. (laughs) Has a nice ring to it. Yeah. Um, Angels. We didn't go to the Angels. So they lost three or four in Boston, and officially they lost two or three in New York. So rough. They're 9 and 10, though. They are 9 and 10. Did you see the report today about Shohei? Yeah. Uh, Say. Yeah, so let me pull that up real quick, because I actually put up a question, which I have a lot of answers on our story. Um, <clears throat> so it was reported, I think by Jeff Passan, that Shohei could be traded and will definitely leave the Angels if they fall out of playoff contention. So whether he's traded or not, he's gone after this year. Um, if they fall out of contention. I asked some people, what are some potential landing spots on our Instagram story? Of course, I got a couple of Pittsburghs, you know, <laughs> um, Dodgers, Mets, like the typical big buyers. There was also a report that the Padres are going to go out, which I'm obsessed with the Padres owner. Like yeah. the guy is just like wanting to win. I, I would respect it. I don't care how big of a super team they are. Like, they want to win. Um, so hopefully they turn around because they've got two of the best players on the planet. And I'd, if I was an Angels fan, I'd be very exhausted after all this, like not coming away with anything, not even a playoff game. Of course. Everyone on no. the Angels or around the Angels, probably in the front office, everyone will be mm-hmm. exhausted and disappointed if nothing comes of this. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they, bright news, like, they have they called up um, Zach Nito. Oh yeah, who's a first round? He's the first guy from the last year's draft to debut. Crazy. For only forty four minor league games. That's insane. He was killing it in Double A, and he was a guy that they wanted to fast track. And I think they wanted to be as they wanted like just leave him in the big leagues and make him their everyday shortstop. Which yeah, is cool. it's awesome. It's so good to see. It's refreshing, honestly. Yeah. Yep. And then in other news, the Oakland A's. Not much to talk about there, but I will say this. Are they going to be the Oakland A's much longer? Uh, don't get me started on that. First of all, I, I'm, I'm sick for the people of Oakland. I'm sick. Like, they, first of all, the Coliseum needs to be burnt down, obviously. Like, it's I've, all the stories, the horror stories I hear about this place. Like, they need, Oakland deserves a new stadium. Don't mean to be mean about the Coliseum. I'm sure there's a lot of history there. Whatever. But it, <laughs> it sounds like an awful place to mm-hmm. watch a baseball game. Um, they, you know, there's a report today that they are looking to, they made a statement about how they bought a plot of land already and, um, you know, they're looking to move to Vegas, which was pretty obvious, right? It's just, it sucks for the people, fans of Oakland who, you know, they've been told over the past few years, rooted in Oakland, rooted in Oakland. And I think everyone knew what yeah. was really going to happen. This is, Oakland is their third spot. They were, before they were the Philadelphia 
um, Athletics and Kansas City Athletics. Right, right. So Vegas will be their fourth landing spot. Do you think they keep the name Athletics? The Las Vegas Athletics? The Las Vegas A's? I think they should. I think they should. Do you think they will? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah, I definitely do. Um, I'd be disappointed. I'd be even more mad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but one, you know, another, just a one bright spot there because they have the worst ERA in the league. It's like over seven. It's disgusting. As a team, that's gross. But uh, they called up Mason Miller. Mm. Fun fact. It's a fellow Yinzer. Mason Miller was their, um, where I went to school, a D3 school, about 30 minutes south of Pittsburgh. Our conference is called the PAC. One of our rivals, 30 minutes away, is Waynesburg University. Mason started at Waynesburg. Um, and he then ended up, um, I think he went to high school around here, he ended up transferring to a small D1 in North Carolina called Gardner-Webb. And at Gardner-Webb, he just like broke out and like added like 10 miles an hour of velocity. And like now he's throwing 100. So pretty cool story. Like he's a fellow Pittsburgher. Um, he races through the minor leagues and he's going to get a good opportunity. Like he hit a hundred, like 15 times in his debut and pitched really well. So just a bright spot for the A's to watch their best pitching prospect this year. He got caught up pretty quickly. He's already 24, 25 years old. So yeah, that's awesome, but not much else to talk about there. <laughs> Alrighty, Sarah national league, national league. So league national league. Nacional. Um, I, let's start with the Braves and the NL East. NL East. So the Braves are off to an insane start. They're tied for the best record in the National League, with yep. fourteen and five. Um, they sweep the Royals in Kansas City, and they go and take two of three in San Diego, which I think could be a potential NLCS matchup. They've played them twice already. Um, this team is so good, and they're <laughs> headlined by two guys named Sean Murphy and Matt Olson and Ronald Acuna. But those two names, ever heard of them, Oakland? That's it's. This team is so good. Six guys with an OBP over 400. Um, OBP is on base percentage, just for those of you. Who don't oh, know. I oh, just, yeah, yeah. for the the Viners who are not super baseballers. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a good idea. Um, and, you know, Orlando Arcia went to the IL. He was a guy who made their opening day roster, starting shortstop. Michael Fracture in his wrist. Vaughn Grissom, who played a lot of the year last year as a rookie at shortstop, got called up. They've got a lot of depth. Sam Hilliard, who's a guy I've always been like, crazy obsessed with from the Rockies. He's just like an athletic freak. He's six, five plays center field. He's a power speed guy. He just like couldn't figure out the plate discipline aspect. He's hitting three for 75. The Braves are working their devil magic on him. <laughs> um, this team is so good. I don't even know what else to say. It's just really, it's a really good team. Yeah. I think they're definitely ones to watch to be in it all, to win it all, to yeah. take the whole thing home. For sure. They're Very the ones to beat. So the Mets. The Mets. Oh boy. The Is Mets. it getting Metsy as it getsy? So, if you listen to Mets fans, you'd think so. I know, but they're, they're twelve so and seven right now. Yeah, like guys, it's fine. Um, second. I know August. Eddie Escobar has been disappointed, but you call up Brett Beatty. Finally, it's Beatty time officially. Um, excited for him. They sweep the A's in Oakland as they should. Yep, they're winning games they should win. Yeah, I mean, this team is good. This team is really good. Um, I just I don't know. If but if they surpass the Braves, the Braves are just on another level. But you should enjoy, Mets fans, you should enjoy this team this year. They're going to be really good. They're going to win 85 to 90 games, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, the Phillies. Oh, wait. Oh, um, no. Before we're done talking about the Mets, um, Max Scherzer got ejected. Yes. And didn't know if we want to talk about that now. I do want to talk about that now. I have it in vibes, but we can 
but it's the Mets. Yeah, let's talk about it now. Yeah. Okay, so I have a lot to say about this one. Okay. Um. So Max Scherzer was warned about his hands being sticky after a glove check. Yeah. Um. He went in. I guess he rubbed alcohol in his hands, stuff like that. Rosin is legal, right? They don't want you mixing stuff, but rosin is legal. Um, his hands, they then came back out and checked him again after he, cha- I think he changed his glove. Or... Yep, he changed his glove as yeah. per the request of the official. Um, and he swears on his kids that all he had was sweat, sunscreen, and rosin. All legal. You can't tell a guy not to wear sunscreen. Yeah. Um, you're going to sweat and rosin's legal. If you combine the three, your hands will be sticky. They will be. My grief. I, I first off, I want to say I want. I tr- I believe Max Scherzer. I do. Um, my issue with this is umpires are not trained to tell the difference. Right. So what are the? So there needs very a, subjective too. Like depending on which umpire. Right. Like it's a lot of human error. It's and, a judgment call. Yeah. So very subjective. M- this is where I think M- MLB fails. Objective. The league needs to make a statement. Um strengthen the rules specify them more but they need to make a statement on what went wrong what because he's facing a 10 game suspension because just the other night domingo herman for the yankees same thing but he was let go so what what is going on like there needs to be better standards here set um you know what was the difference the umpire the umpire exactly and you can't have it like that's that's you just can't have that um so, you know, I think, like, this is the biggest difference between Major League Baseball and the NBA. Because when something happens in the NBA, like the Draymond Green thing the other night where he stomped on a guy's chest. Mm. An executive, Joe Dumars from the NBA, made a very long and clear statement on why they suspended him. Everything. MLB has made, like, a, I think they sent out a he, sentence. Yeah. Like, this is where they fail. Like, they need to do better here. Um, and they need to uh, cut out the gray area. Because, or train these umpires to be able to tell the difference between rosin and spider tack. Yeah. You know? For sh- yep. So, um, free Max Scherzer. Um, what, do you agree with me? or do you I do. Agree? No, no, yeah. I agree. I, okay. I agree. I think it's, it's very ambiguous when you're having different umpires interpret the, your rules in different ways because they're he, only human. Right. And if you're not teaching them how to implement your rules or help police them then we're in big trouble exactly completely agreed um next the oh just announced mets right-handed pitcher pitcher max scherzer suspended 10 games and fined for violating prohibitions on foreign substances yesterday this is crazy well, we will keep wow. you updated on this so story. So there's definitely going to be legal action from Well, Scherzer's he's 100% going to appeal. Yeah, he's going to appeal. I mean, this guy's also ahead of the players. It's, he's a big role. At, In the his, players' union? Yeah, yeah. Um, he was like one of the, when they were negotiating the lockout last year, he mm. was always at the table. So, wow, that's crazy. Just as we were talking about it, it popped up on my phone. Breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> we need a breaking news sound. Yeah. <laughs> um, on to the Phillies. Uh, the Phillies split with Cincinnati. Um they are what seven and ten, six and ten. They're under five hundred, I believe. I'm not worried about them either. They're eight and eleven. Eight and eleven. Okay. Um, Bryson Stott mm. recorded a 17 game hit streak. He's hitting 365. He's the longest hit streak for the Phillies this yeah. season. Yeah. Um, good for him. He was like a 
top prospect for them. He debuted last year, and uh, you know it's an example of a guy that like if you looked at his stats last year, like they weren't sexy. You know, it was his first year in the league. Yeah, he was on the World Series roster, but you know he's comfortable. He's playing more games in the major leagues. He's you know this is a guy you're going to watch this year. He's going to break out. He is breaking out. So that's a bright spot. They get Bryce Harper back. He's trying to come back quicker. He's taking reps at first base. Mm. Um, he's Philadelphia probably loves that guy. He's he's all in. Yeah. Um, probably loves that guy. We know he. They, love they that definitely guy. love him. <laughs> probably. Um, but now not worried about Philly either. I don't know about you. Do you do you think Philly's has any should panic at all? Philly's fans. It's early days yet. I don't think they should panic. But I do see some, something feels off, but maybe it's just the lack of Bryce Harper, right? Yeah. I think they added their bullpen. There was like a little bit of like, what role is each guy going to play? Because they, Sir Anthony Dominguez was their closer last year and he's been off to a rough start. Now Jose Alvarado is like really killing it and they, I think they're locking him into that ninth inning role. So I think once they like get some guys into their role, yeah, it's going to smooth things out and then they're going to get some guys back. Um, I will also stick to this opinion. They have, they are one of the poorest defensive teams in the league. Like mm. what I can't believe Nick Cassianos and Kyle Schwarber play the outfield on a playoff contending team. Yeah, that is wild. I mean, they're rough to watch. <laughs> um, so not worried about the Phillies though. Um, moving on to um, Miami. Miami's interesting. I think they're around 500. Yeah, they're 10 and nine right now. Nice. As Good of- for Miami. <laughs> Um, I think Trevor Rogers just went down with an injury, um, but they're they've got a lot of depth pitching wise. Uh, they sw- um, they take two or three from the stakes or snakes. Uh, a big matchup was Zach Gallen versus Sandy Alcantara, mm-hmm. which Zach Gallen won five nothing. These are guys that both were traded from the Cardinals. I'll tell you what, Cardinals were struggling pitching wise, which we'll get to. But I bet they wish they had those. Two Definitely, <laughs> they'd be my they might be one of my World Series picks if they had those two. But um. Anyways, um, the Marlins are interesting. They added like uh, a lot of contact hitters like Gene Segura, um, Luis Arias. Um, I don't know. I think they're just going to be middle of the pack in the NL East. I'd like to see them add another bat. But, um, you know, they're holding the, themselves above water right now. Yeah. And Jazz keeps getting better at center field. Yeah, He's which off is rough. awesome. But, you know, you, I, that's a guy like his mentality and everything, his work ethic. Probably bet on a guy like that. I would. I have nothing on the Nats. <laughs> yeah, they're not fun. Not good. Yeah, not good. That's that. That's that. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. NL Central. Um, the Brewers. Hey, Sarah. how about them Brewers? 14-5, tie with the Braves with the best record in the National League. Um, this team is a favorite to win the NL Central, I think. I think things are becoming clear about where these teams well, Not the let's, let's, let's back up a little bit because I'm the one who hates the small sample size overreactions. But um, <laughs> they take their road trip out west was incredible. They mm-hmm. took three of four in San Diego, um, and then they sweep the Mariners in Seattle. They went six and one on this r- tough road trip against two of the best teams out west. And going west is always tough. Always tough. The time change. Time change. The Brewers are legit, and they also just lost. I think Brandon Woodruff is out for an extended period of time. Corbin Burns left the game versus Seattle grabbing his peck. You never like to see that. So mm-hmm. a little bit worried about their rotation depth, but this team is, they got an injection of young talent with like their rookies, Bryce Terang, Joey Weimer. Um, you know, this team is, this team is good. 
Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. Love the cheese head for their home run celebration. I'm a fellow Packer fan. Yeah. All about it. Um, I also love Christian Yelich, so I'm here Christian for it. Yelich. I'm here for it. Um, also, next, the Cubbies. 11 and 6. 11 and 6. So the big question here in NL Central, we can go we can go one by one, but the big question is, are the Cubs and Pirates good? Are they good? And if I had to pick right now, we'll stick to the Cubs. I think the Cubs are better. I do too. I hate to say that. Uh, they they take two of three from the Dodgers. Mm. Um, happy 420 to Cody Bellinger, by the way. <laughs> um, Cody Bellinger goes home to the Dodgers and hits a home run. Um, he's having a little bit of a revival in Chicago, which is good to see. Stroman's leading lead the National League in, in the ERA. Um, yeah, this team is... I, I love Nico Horner. He's like one of my favorite players to watch. And Dancy Swanson's yeah. playing really well. This team's... Like, they have guys the Pirates don't have. Yeah, exactly. Like, Andrew McCutcheon can only do so much. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a ceiling. Um, with these guys, like, Dansby's a younger star... I think Nico Horner's a younger star. Bellinger can break out. Like he won an MVP what five years ago. Exactly. So I would take the Cub Cubbies above the Pirates at this time at this moment. Um, so let's go on to the Pirates. Twelve and seven, right? As of right now, they are. Seven. They are up four nothing right now. Is that it? I think so. Um, I turned off my notifications. So. They have a good opportunity to like really get off to a great start here because they they come home after sweeping the. Yeah, Rockies. they're four now. Um, I we might want to talk about this in vibes, or we could talk about it here. But did you see that PNC Park ushers, um, uh, ticket yes. takers, all these employees were um, going on strike? Yes, I want I'm curious how that went tonight at the game. I think they reached the settlement. Oh, they did before yeah, tonight's I think game. I saw that. Um, wow. We can uh, put out more information on that, or we can just we can look it up before vibes. Okay. But yeah, um, yeah. So the Pirates go to St. Louis and split on the road. They had a good road trip, five and two, and then they go to Colorado and they sweep in Denver. Um, the balls were flying high out there. They were. Um, they had like a total of thirty some runs in those insane. three games. Insane. Um, Kutch in seventeen games this year: three ten, four seventeen OBP, five eighty six slugging, four home runs, nine RBIs, eleven walks. It's the threads. It's the black and gold. He's invincible in a Pirates uniform. Yeah. And then also, Cabrian Hayes, last eight games. Love this. He He's someone I think is going to break out. 344, one home run, three stolen bases, five extra bases, his total. I, you know, everything he's doing from watching him in spring, like he seemed to be pulling the ball more, hitting the ball in the air more, um, making consistent hard contact. He needs to elevate the ball more. That's like the last part of his game. He needs to refine. Um, he's... Anyone who's given up on Hayes yet is crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Maybe. One of the best. If there wasn't a guy named Nolan Arenado in the NL Central, like he'd win a goal when he'd be the gold glove third baseman every year. Yep. No doubt. So, um, oh, the Reds real quick. Yes. Yes. Oh, the Reds. Kevin Newman played third base the other day. Did you see that? I did. And I also saw him was hit for the cycle. Yeah. Um, Hunter Green gets a six-year, $53 million extension. Yeah, good for him. Honestly, it's so nice to know where your money's going to come from for eight whole years. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, you know, I'd also love to see the Pirates do this kind of deal for Ronzi. Mm. Um, it's crazy, like, how teams follow suit for, after one another. So, like, the Braves started doing these early contracts where they buy out a couple years of free agency. Yeah. 
to get you that guaranteed money earlier, like yeah. your pre-RB years, right? It makes sense to you because players... Yeah, this is when they're... Mentally, the exactly. <laughs> they also, you want to calm them down. You want them to get them settled. They don't want them having to play with that cloud over their head of like, okay, I have to perform now or else I'm not going to get that big contract. Yeah, no, 100%. I, I, I love it. So the Braves started with that. Sorry, I cut you off. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, I think this is... The Pirates did that with Key Bryan. Key Bryan, um... I'd like to see him do it with Ronzi, like I said. Um, you know, I think O'Neill would have been in discussion if he hadn't been out for the – he might be out for the year. Um, but I, I love what these teams are doing with giving these early contracts to guaranteed money uh, to these younger guys when they're really in their primes. Um, but, yeah, not much to say here. The Reds just start a four-game trip in Pittsburgh this weekend. Um, they split with uh, – they split with – Philly, and I think they got swept by the Rays. Yeah. The Rays owned them. Yeah, they bullied them. Yeah. <laughs> Straight bullies. Yeah. Um, on to the NL West. Um, let's start with the Rockies real quick because not much to say. The Rockies got swept two series in a row. They've lost eight games in a oh, row. That's got to hurt. They swept in Seattle and then by Pittsburgh at home. Um, this team is 5-14 and 14 overall. Rough. And it's crazy because they've got guys like Chris Bryant's hitting the ball really well. Um, I think Tovar's got, he's gone off to a slow start, but he'll pick it up. They've got Elias Montero, CJ Crone is off to a slow start, but they've got guys. It's pitching. Yeah. Pitching. This is why a team in Salt Lake City would not work, folks. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Next, um, let's go to the Giants. Uh, the Giants gave Logan Webb a five-year, ninety million dollar extension. Good for Another you, extension. Logan. Yeah, good for Logan. Um. I, you know, this team is kind of, like I said before in our preview of the season, it seems kind of boring to me. Yeah. You know, they got this the sweep, two-game sweep by the Detroit. The Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. Like, I think they're in a weird position because they lost out in free agency to a couple of big names, and you're counting on uh, Conforto and Hanniger to really you know, carry this team this year. Um, I don't know. I don't really have much thoughts here. Their past week. Yeah, same. So. Boring. All right, San Diego. San Diego. So they're 8 and 10, 8 and 11. And they're 9 and 11. 9 and 11. Yeah, they get Tatis back tonight. This is so good Too for the game of baseball. Nice. I'm excited for Tatis to be back. Um, you know, definitely not worried about them. I still think they're going to be in it at the very end. They've had a really rough schedule to start the season. Two series against the Braves, um, the Brewers. Um, they're they're a really good team. Um and they, they start a series at Arizona tonight. Um, they get Joe Musgrove back this weekend, too. Like, this team has been um, missing some people, missing some key guys. Um, yeah, the Padres are still here. Don't worry about them. <laughs> They're, they probably will be in contention to win the National League. Yep. Dodgers. Dodgers. Dodgers lost a series with the Cubs. Mm. Mac, or not Max Scherzer. Clayton Kershaw got his 200th win. 200th win that's right um shout out clayton um they have some guys um i saw miguel rojas is also on the il with a hammy strain um the rumors that mookie bets might play some shortstop yeah cool. um they just have guys as you're contributing that you don't expect um james outman is a rookie that's really been hot this year yeah max muncie's having a revival uh year uh he's i think he's eight home runs he might be in the league lead right now um 
that they wish they had Walker Bueller right now, but they have also a lot of depth coming up from the minor leagues pitching wise. So I think this team will be in it at the end as well. Um, not too worried. Where do, where do we stand right now? Right now, for the Dodgers Padres? are nine and ten. Nine and ten. Yeah. Okay. So them and the Padres are around the same, and then the D-backs. Hey, they're eleven and are eight. Snakes. Yeah, as of right now. They big news today. They DFA'd Madison Bumgarner. I know, crazy. They're gonna eat thirty-four million left on his contract. Wow. So much money. Do you think um, the A's will pick him up? Because they only have to play like prorated league minimum. Right now, because he's he's really washed up. Um, and I don't know. Say it to his face. You won't. Uh, okay. I probably wouldn't because he <laughs> seems like a country strong guy. But like, he's kind of a hard ass. Not going to lie. Dude, that whole, um, he didn't like that Wilson Contreras like grunted after his swing. Did you see all that? Mm-mm. Oh, yeah. He got into it. And he got DFA'd after giving up seven and runs to the Cardinals. But um, him and uh, Wilson Contreras were like cussing back and forth at each other. Because Contreras like um, fouled off a pitch right down the middle. And he was like made like a noise like he was pissed and and mad bum was telling him to shut up and like get back in the box and just swing and like it, he's just he is this guy is like no fun he's yeah. just such a hard ass um and that and that stuff was appealing when he was the best pitcher in the league but uh, i don't know it's just it gets you gotta old. back up your it gets talk old. it yeah. gets old so um yeah that i will say though about the d-backs uh Corbin Carroll is just is as much of a star as we all like the ball just comes off his bat different. Mm. Love watching him play. He reminds me of Bo Bichette. Ooh, I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Another guy that's playing really well right now. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, they're you know, the D backs are n- no surprise to us playing really well right now. That's right. Um, um their pitching coach is also Brent Strom, who is a longtime right. Astros, who is like known for transforming pitchers. Yeah. Yeah, and they got a lot of young guys like Ryan Nelson, Trey Jamison, Brandon Fott. Like, I think they want to go with their young core, Zach Gallen, in mm. the rotation. That's why another reason to DFA Mad Bum. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is a team that I'm excited to watch for the coming weeks, months. All righty. So that does it for our week preview. Our week recap. Recap. Wind it back. Rewind. Um, let's get into some... You know, we're going to take a break and then we're going to get into some vineyard vibes. Let's do it. So we're going to introduce going forward. We're going to do a a pitcher, a hitter and a um, play of the week. Um, Every episode going forward. So uh, Sarah and I both have um, picks. Um, Sarah, would you like to go first for your hitter of the week? Um, okay, my hitter of the week is going to be Patrick Wisdom of Ooh, the Cubs. Nice. Okay. Yeah, bat. I was going to say bat is fall- flying off the ball, but it's the other way around. The ball is flying off his bat. He's hit so many bombs. Nice. He's I like that. Good. No, yeah. he's been a bright spot for them. I think he has like five home runs this week. So yeah. ridiculous. Um, I have a couple others here, but I think my pick is Marcus Semyon. Like mm-hmm. I said, he this week he was 11 for 23, three home runs, 11 RBIs. Um, you know, that goes for a 478 average. Um, he, he, him getting hot while Corey Seager's out is big for this team. And also given the way he played last year or started last year, at least, um, the Rangers, you know, invest a lot of money in him. Um, so he's been a key part of their success early on. 
Um, you know, another just an honorable mention, Bo Bichette has been playing really well. It's another guy I had on mm. my list. Um, pitcher of the week, Sarah. Um, my pitcher of the week is going to be Max Scherzer. Just because. Max. Yeah, free Max. Hashtag free Max. Free Max. Okay. Love that. Um, mine is Garrett Cole. He's four and zero with a no z- surprise there. Point nine five ERA to start the season, but the reason being, uh, on Sunday he had a complete game shutout, nine innings, two hits, ten Ks, one walk. Um, he's killing it. Um, he really wants to win, and you can tell it. A couple other guys I have listed here: Tosh Bradley and Spencer Strider, both pitch well this week. Um, play of the week. We will post all these, by the way. Yes. So you can see our picks. But play of the week. Is there anything that sticks out to you? I can't remember his name, but you posted about this. The pitcher with Toronto that, oh. or the pitcher with the Rays that caught Kier Myers. Jason Adam. Jason Adam that caught Kier that Myers comebacker and to end the game. That was sick. That was some Matrix stuff like right it, there. Glove, look at what I found. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was pretty cool. Um, mine is going to be Aaron Judge robbing Shohei of the mm, home run. That's a good one. Um, it was just a cool moment, you know. Um, For sure. Judge playing center field, robbing MVP versus MVP. Um, it's a cool matchup. So, fun week of baseball. Yep. Um, um, I'm going to go quick into my names. Of oh, the week. yes. Don't names of the week, me. Sarah. Let's go. I can't, I'm excited. I can't wait to hear you have this. Okay, one. so Patrick Wisdom is also on. Wisdom. Do you think he has wisdom. a lot of wisdom? Um, I think his bat does. Ah, and, good one. Um, and then Lars new bar. I mean, it's wow. such sounds a good like a candy bar. It sounds like a candy bar. <laughs> I mean, yes, he is eating up the Cardinals. He's eating up the uh, the game of baseball. He's killing it. Um, he's doing all right. He's off to slow start, but he's getting better. He's he's working his way up, and his name is dope. And did you see he gained like? A million followers after playing for Japan on Instagram. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. His confidence is boost. Boosted. Oh, yeah. He won like him a lot. WBC. He's a champion. That he is. That he is. So those are my names of the week. Patrick Wisdom, Large New Bar. Add them to the list and then um, you guys can vote on your favorite yeah. ones at the end of the season. Send in some too. Send you know in your favorite names of baseball. I love to hear them. Alrighty. We talked about, oh, real quick, yeah. honorable mention, maybe we'll be later on, but Outman, tough name in baseball. Champ. That's a good one. Someone actually texted me that this week saying like, wow, what a terrible, it was a Mets fan. <laughs> so Mets were playing the Dodgers. Um, pretty funny. But so he's a Dodger. That's what, yeah. yeah. Outman, tough. Love it. Got it. He's really got to prove himself. He does. That he does. All right. Um, that's the fun stuff. Let's get into the vibe. Speaking of fun stuff, yeah. how's it going? What's it looking like around the league? Lots of random stuff going on. Yeah. So, you know, a couple of things that we sort of already touched on. Um, you know, I was going to talk about the... Um, Max Scherzer. Well, Max Scherzer won. And also about the A's moving to Vegas. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll just reiterate that sad for the people of Oakland. Um, hopefully they stay the Las Vegas A's, like you said. Yeah. Um, but sad to see a, a team leave. I can't imagine what that would be like. We'll have to player. ask Andrew Gibson his uh, thoughts on the matter. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so did you, I've noticed this watching this past week, um, more so than I have in the first two weeks, the ads on jerseys. On the sleeves. What do you think about that? Like it? Leave it? The NBA is doing it. I don't really like if it was like multiple, it'd be kind of weird, but it's just like one on the sleeve. So like, I don't really it, like part. I didn't notice it on Mac. Honestly, on the video that Scherzer was arguing with the umpire. Yeah. That's when I noticed it. 
Um, other other than that, like I really haven't really noticed it. I just kind of hate it. I I hate commercials, so I just I just don't like it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather not. Like I I know it's good for companies to invest in sports and um good good for advertisers' wallets, but that's really about it. Like I don't I don't like it. Yeah. I'm out on it. Um, you know, on to two more points as um the pirates pnc park ushers greeters and ticket takers mm. uh we're going to strike before tonight's game uh for fair wages as they should um come on bob open up the checkbook but um uh, that has been avoided as they have their they have reached a tentative agreement okay so that's good news mm-hmm. i'm glad that that was avoided um i'm also glad that they're going to be getting their fair wage hopefully fingers crossed hopefully um but definitely like you know just given the nature of how the pirates operate and you know their their spending habits it is disappointing to see that agree um lastly it was announced that mlb is going to be testing a designated pinch runner role in the atlantic league um, so a runner can be designated as a pinch runner before a game and can go in and out of a game without penalty. The person that they go in for can remain in the game, but they're just going to run for them on another basis. Whoa. What do you think about that? I don't know if I like it. I don't know. I, I don't. I like the strategy of one thing. If that does go in place, guys like Billy Hamilton will get contracts. Yeah. You know, that's what I was thinking. The plus side is for players yeah. who are really fast. You can still get Terrence that Moore. money Miles Straw I just don't I think I like more of the strategy aspect where you have to use that runner in, in the right spot yeah um hmm. and you know subbing in and out like if you're if you're being sub for you're out of the game right um I don't know I'm like I'm not like too against it but um I'd like to see how it plays out while they're testing it um, because all the other rules that they've implemented this year, let, let like first let's slow down, like let's not try to change everything. Um, you know what? So far, I feel like the rule changes have been positive. Um, but let's not get rule change happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree with that. It's an interesting concept, though. Yeah, nonetheless. So that's what I have for vibes. Love it. Um, anything else, Sarah, from you? No, I don't know if this is true, but I saw this. I heard this rather on a broadcast today um, that someone said Dennis Dennis Eckersley coined the phrase walk off, like walk off a hit. I feel like that's not true. I don't know. Yeah. So Uh, I just thought I'd bring it here. I'll look that up. Okay. He did also quote hodgepodge of nothingness too. So, (laughs) Um, alrighty. So on to that is vibes for the week. We're going to now go into... Um, rating our wine. Yeah, can I get a little bit of a refill? You can, absolutely. Thanks. Since you asked. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Scotty, you brought us a white wine. I did. Crazy. Are you proud of me? I am proud of you. Oh, we we need to stop. First, we need to do a a wager recap and games we're looking forward to. Uh, Getting all out of whack. Okay, so wager recap. Right now, 
Um, for those of you who are just tuning in or haven't been with us along this season two ride so far, um, Scotty and I made a season long wager for $162, 162 games, $162. The bet is whoever picks the most winning pitchers. So each day, Scotty and I each pick a pitcher we think is going to get the W. Um, and if you get it, you get the win. If you don't, you get the L. And so right now, um, Scotty is ahead. 10 to 11, but I'm not far behind. I'm 9 and 12. So you've picked one more winning pitcher than I have thus far. It got, it, it's been contentious for the past week because I, I went on like a six-game losing streak. <laughs> yeah. But like we've been like pretty close, so. Yeah, we, uh, it's Who getting heated. Tonight? tonight I have Matt Strom. I have, um. Ronzi. Ronzi Contreras against the Reds. Yes, I see that. So we'll see. Um, and then before we get into the wine, can we just do games we're looking forward to for this weekend? Absolutely. Let's hear your picks. Okay. Well, I'm going to go Blue Jays-Yankees just straight off the bat. That's going to be a really good series. ALE is stacked, and they're very fun to watch. It's just anyone could win, and yeah, that's going to be a good matchup. Well, that's on my list, too. Um, that's going to be a great one. Um you know, one I have is Houston at Atlanta, a former uh, World Series matchup. I think those are two of the best teams in the league. Atlanta's been playing everybody. Yeah, they have. Um, I also like the Padres and the D-backs. Love that. Um, I really hope the D-backs give the Padres a run for their money. I love that one. And I also am looking forward to the Cardinals at the Mariners. That's going to be a good one. Yeah. Who do you got higher? Cardinals or Mariners? Because I know you love both these teams. Or you started the season out loving both these Mariners. teams. Yeah. Okay. Mariners. I, I, I actually think the Mariners are the complete package. Okay. They have everything. All right. So. Um, okay. Now that we can get into our tasty white wine that you brought. Or, All righty. Yeah. Um, can let me know if you think it's tasty. Yeah. No. I, I do think it's tasty. Um, this wine is really good. Well, what do you rate it first? First, I rate it a 55. Okay, nice. Yeah, this is probably one of my favorite white wines that we've done or mm. that I've had. Yeah, it's good. I also rate it a 55. I agree with you. Love that. Yeah, the tartness is subtle, and it definitely has grown on me as we've done this podcast. It's also like 85 out today in <laughs> yeah. Pittsburgh, and I just like want to be sitting outside drinking this right now. Yeah, it's a nice summer wine. So, um, guys that have come up and surprised this year this is a wine that has surprised me uh, it's something i haven't really heard much of before the alberino grape mm. um but it's doing the job for me i'm gonna go spencer steer with the reds like that um third base was hitting over thir- 300 rookie um i think he's gonna be a good big leaguer um it's not someone that, like, he's not the Corbin Carroll or Jordan Walker name that you've heard pro- on the prospect circles over the past couple of years. So, yeah, I'm going to go Spencer Steer. I like that. Okay. I'm going to say Rob Refsnyder. Whoa. Yeah. Red Sox. Yes. Um, he's a boy of summer, just like this one. True. He was a longtime Yankees prospect. He, that he was. Um, and I think he still is yet to surprise us. So I'm going to go with the old Robbie. But yeah. Love that. Nice pick, Scotty. Thank something, you. something new. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Um, so this was a fun episode. Um, as always, love talking baseball and drinking wine while talking baseball. Exactly. So until next week. Salud. Salud. Intro music by Jordan Montgomery and Driving While Black Records. Big paper, I increase my wealth, uh Red wine, that's good for my health, uh Wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, uh Allow me to introduce myself, I said Big paper, I increase my wealth, huh Red wine, that's good for my health, uh Wrestle with demons, I ain't take no L's, huh Allow me to introduce myself